Welcome to Music 316 for Thursday, November 12th. We can't guarantee good quality sound on today's podcast because of the configuration of the room and where people are sitting. Um, I have to use built-in microphones on the recorder, and so you may or may not be able to understand anything. What I can promise you is that I won't have time to edit the podcast. It usually takes two or three hours to edit these things before they can go on the air. But because of the tight um, time that's left between now and tomorrow's uh, midterm exam, uh, I'm going to have to put it up right away without editing. So there's going to be a lot of pauses and silences and probably not very good sound. Those of you in the room back there I will not be able to hear your questions because of the acoustics of the room. So if you want to stay back there, why don't you just shut the door and then you won't be disturbed by what we're doing. The door is right here. You can just pull it across. Or if you'd like to move out here... We just want to listen for now. Step forward if I have questions. If you'd like to move out here where you can take part in the discussion, you'd be welcome to do that. Okay. It would also it would also make the sound better out here if we could pull that door shut. Why don't you bring your chairs with you if you've got chairs? We can move some chairs around to that side of the room. Oh, there's more people coming in. Well, then we may be stuck with using that room. In which case, I'll ask you instead to just push that door open as wide as you possibly can. Can you push it? Does it go any farther? Nope. Okay. That's it. Good luck, everyone. This is the review session for Music 316. Last night, I sent around a, um, an email with a list of what to study. We could not have a list of what to study until after yesterday's class because yesterday's class determined what would be the cutoff point for studying the examples, the sound and video examples. So if any of you haven't seen my email yet, I have some copies here. This is page one and this is page two. I'll pass these around. I'll pass page one this way, page two this way. If you've already seen these, don't take one because I don't have enough for everybody in this room. You're going to have to look on with each other if you didn't print out the email of the study list. I don't have a copy myself, so you'll have to tell me what's on it. Sorry, I just gave out all the copies. What does it say? There's page one. Okay, good. Nobody actually has to read anything. I'll read for you. Uh, Here is the study list finalized according to what was... Uh, Okay, well, you probably know that. Thursday's optional review session will take place in the fishbowl. Yes, you probably know that, too. Okay. Music 316 midterm study list. 
lectures or podcasts of missed lectures from beginning to midterm. You all know that, right? This is the review session after the last lecture. So that means lectures or podcasts if you missed a lecture up to up through yesterday. Online listening examples for CD1, CD2, and CD3. You were responsible for reading the entire handout for the following CDs. The handouts are available on the website. They are listed under CD1, CD2, and CD3. It says listening example handouts for Music for 16 CDs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it's not really funny. It's just strange that everybody is looking as if you're hearing this for the first time. Maybe some of you are, I don't know. But I don't think most of you are. You are responsible for reading the entire handout for the following CDs, but only the following examples will be included on the listening exam. CD1, all examples. CD2, examples 1 to 5. That means examples 6 and 7 are not going to be on the listening exam. You do not have to study 6 and 7 on CD2. And CD3, examples 1 and 2 only. Examples 3 through 6 will not be on the listening exam. And that's what we found out yesterday, was that we were stopping with example number 2. Yeah? So for each of the listening or everything on the CD, do we have to know the composer who performed it, everything, or just the title on the Okay, well, let's go into the questions on the listening exam. For every example that you're supposed to know, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you, first of all, to identify what you're hearing. And that's going to be a fill-in-the-blank. And you fill that in however you can. If you know the name of the music for the example, write in the name. If you know what kind of music it is, write in the kind of music. If you know what it's used for, write in what it's used for. Describe it as best you can in one line of blank. One line going across the page from right to left. It will be a blank line on the page like um, this line up here at the top of page one on the send up. You'll have about that much space to write in the identification. You don't have to fill up the whole line. Okay? If you know the piece of music, hey, that's the Star Spangled Banner. Just write in Star Spangled Banner and that's a good enough identification. If you have to describe it, U.S. National Anthem, let's say, then go ahead and describe it that way. 
So you're not going to ask like, specific questions like who's the composer, but it's kind of just... I, I, I am going to ask some specific questions, and I'll be coming to those, but this is what we're starting with. Okay. Okay, to identify each piece. That's a good question, because now we go on to specific questions. For each example, I will then ask you, where does it come from? What culture area and country does it come from? And I think I'll be giving you multiple choice on that. So culture area is going to be easy. We only have two culture areas for this exam. What are they? East Asia and Southeast Asia. You got a 50-50 chance of getting that right just by pure guesswork. But where in East Asia or Southeast Asia? Oh, huh. Well, for that, you want to know country. What countries are in East Asia? China, Japan, China, and Korea, mm-hmm. and some and part of Vietnam. So. That's pretty easy, too. You're going to be able to guess those. You should know those, because there's only three of them. So you identify those. Then I will ask you either the region of the country... What do I mean by region? I mean a smaller area within a country. And I'll only ask you that for music that isn't played throughout the whole country. No, I take that back. I will ask you if it's played throughout the whole country too, and I'll give you I'll give you a choice, the whole country or a region. And you have to choose. I mean, sometimes it might be an area within, well, say, China, for instance. Um, What have we heard that is played all the way all over China? Well, the Qin music is played all over China. The Buddhist chanting is played all over China. The Pipa music is played all over China. The Arhu music is played all over China. What did we hear that was played in specific regions of China? We heard the um, um, the Cantonese orchestra, the orchestra from the southern region of Guangdong. It was played from southern China. We heard the rice, the, the, the millet germinating song from the island of Taiwan. An island is a region too. And that's played, that's sung only on Taiwan. We saw a video with regional music from the South, South China, Southeast Asia border area with the mouth organs and the metal gongs and so on. We um, uh, saw music from Northwestern China, the guy playing the the double nose oboe, for instance. So those are examples of regional 
music. Or I might ask you the ethnic group of people who play a piece. That is, for instance, those ones that are played all over China are usually, are, are usually played by, by um, ethnic majority Chinese, on Chinese. But the regional music from Taiwan, the militerminating song, was performed by the Bunun people, mm-hmm. one of the aboriginal peoples of Taiwan. That's the only piece for China that was um, region that, that was ethnic specific music played were performed only by members of one ethnic group, a minority ethnic group, the Bunan people. Is the Yi music that you played on the video is that specific to that region, southwestern China? Yeah, so those. That would also yeah, and although that won't be on the listening exam, I can ask you questions about those video examples on the written exam. And so, if I were asking for, um, uh, for instance, uh, what 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 is an example of music from Southwest China, and um, I gave you the choice to Yi music, that would be an appropriate choice. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else was having this problem, but the past week that I was looking at the video examples, there was no video, just audio on the examples. There's a fix for that. I sent you an email with instructions for how to do that. Um, are you using Windows? Yes. Yeah, you have to download um, or, do, or, or do a setting change for Windows. Um, I'll see if I can find that email and send it again for those of you who missed it the first time. But there was an email from the library that told you how to get the, how to how to get the video if you're missing it. Okay. Good. Now, next thing that I'll ask you about the listening examples is performers. And I'll give you a multiple choice that doesn't include the name of a performer, but rather includes the kind of people who perform the music in in this example. So, for instance, if I gave you Wine Madness, what kind of people perform that traditionally in China? Yeah, scholar government officials. How about Buddhist chant? Buddhist monks and nuns, right. How about uh, pipa, the, um, uh, the ambush from all sides? Professional musicians. Professional musicians, yeah. How about the arhu piece, the birds returning from the forest, another arhu music? Well, a lot of different people play arhu music, but remember I talked about one group of people who are famous as arhu players. Yeah? Blind people? Blind people. Blind musicians are 
famous for their arhu playing. What kind of people performed the the Cantonese orchestra piece, the Triumph from the Battlefield? Sorry. It's not on your handout, but we talked about it in class. Groups of people that come together to play this type of music, but there anyone that just wants to depict the music. Sure, and what 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 kind of a group do they form? A guild. Huh? A guild. No, that was Japan. In China, the uh, the com- common venue for performance groups like this is a club. Now, what's the difference between a guild and a club? A club is a group of, it's an affinity group. It's a group of people who get together who like to do the same thing. A group of people with common interests who get together for something voluntarily because they want to. What's a guild? A guild is a professional association of people who join together to make a living and to try to... Uh, create a market situation that will let them maximize their earnings. Guild is very different from a club. A club gets together because they want to. A guild gets together because they have to. Because it helps them to survive in the urban economy by controlling part of the economy and making sure that they get a cash flow for themselves. So we have clubs as a very common kind of thing in China and guilds as a very important thing at a particular historical time in Japan. And what was that historical time? What was it about that historical time that created the pressure to form guilds? Anybody remember? We talked about this in class. Yeah. Was it was the Edo period. It was the Edo period. That's the name of the period. It's when they closed off Japan to outside. They closed off Japan to outside, but what? What? Yeah. They started going into cities. Like people were moving. Into yeah, everybody was moving into the cities. You had this massive rush into the cities, and the city's population and the city's economy grew by leaps and bounds, and it was possible to earn a lot of money there, but it was also a very competitive uh, situation with everybody trying one way or another to to get a buck somehow, or a yen somehow, and make a living. And that created a stimulus that gave rise to guilds, to compete with other people, to help to try to regulate prices and to try to bring money into the hands of the guild members. What's the difference between a guild and a gang? Well, that's a um, uh, a question that maybe needs debate because probably the uh, the Yakuza and other other gangs um, grew up under the same economic pressures um, during the same time, but that's that's more of a specialized question for an East Asia East Asia course. Um, the guilds are a professional association formed by economic necessity to help earn a living 
for their members. The clubs are a voluntary association to have fun playing music. Okay, hmm, what kind of people did the millet germinating stunt? Agriculture. Agriculture people, farmers, yes. Who else would do the millet germinating song? House permits? <laughs> um, okay. What kind of people did the Ketchak Ramayana monkey chant? A bunch of men from a village. Melon Savara or whatever? Sorry? The, it's the group of people, that the men that only use their voices, they don't use instruments? Yeah, they're, doing, they're imitating musical instruments. And that's another question I'm going to ask you next. What kind of instruments or special voice techniques are being used in this example? Wine madness is easy. It's the chin. Buddhist chant is a little harder because it's singing and playing wooden and metal idiophones and drums. The Korean court orchestra and the Japanese gagaku orchestra may be the hardest ones of the bunch because they've got so many instruments. And I'll settle for either names or descriptions of uh, maybe four instruments from each of those groups. Won't need all of them. If I give you multiple choice questions, very often the questions will not include all of the instruments in a big group like the Gagaku or the Korean court orchestra or the Cantonese um, orchestra or, or, or the Indonesian gamelan. I might, might list just um, um, two or three choices and you should choose the ones that belong with, with that group but not, don't, don't expect that you'll find all of them listed on the page. Yeah. When you play the listening examples, are you going to start from the beginning of each example? Not necessarily, no. Oh. No. I'll play, I'll play enough of a distinctive part of the example so that it will be easy to tell the difference from other examples. Oh. Um, in some cases, that will be fairly long, and yes, some, some of the time I will start at the beginning. Um, at other times, I might start nearer the end so that you, so that you hear a distinctive or special ending. Um, there's one that I play a very short excerpt from um, somewhere in the middle of the piece. And um, um, although that sounds confusing, it won't be, believe me. So, um, those are the questions that will all be the same for all of the listening examples. Because those are things that we've talked about or, or is on the handout for each and every example. Then there will be 
questions that are different depending on the nature of the example of the music of the players who are playing it and so on. So for instance, some of the examples that we've had are connected with one or another kind of religion. And so if that's the case, I might ask you, which religion is this example related to? Or which religion does this instrument um, um, relate to uh, in its context? And I might go on to ask you, what is one effect of this religion on this instrument or its music? And give you a set of choices you um, things about the place of the instrument or the music in the social life or the economic life of the people who use it. I might ask you something about the history of where this music comes from, or this instrument comes from. This music, uh, this uh, this instrument, um, comes into China from um, the uh, uh, the west on the Silk Road, or from the uh, south and Southeast Asia border, um, or something like that. Um, there are all kinds of different things that I could ask you about um, each of these different examples and they're going to be different from one example to the other after those first questions about identification um, area and country region or ethnic group um, instruments and vocal technique after that um, their questions will be different for each example The listening exam will take up half of the points on the whole exam. The second half will be, uh, for, for lack of a better term, the written exam that will cover lectures, um, videos, and readings for the class. And also, I forgot to put on this list the study map, because, of course, you have to know where East Asia is and Southeast Asia is to know which countries and which um, areas within within the countries. Um, for instance, when we were looking at the three versions of Ramayana yesterday in class, two of those versions were from islands one, the shadow puppets were from the island of Java. The Kachak, the monkey chant, was from the island of Bali. What country are those islands a part of? 
Indonesia, yeah. I mentioned that in class, and I'm glad so many of you know that. But, and uh, I don't have to don't have to ask you if that's part of East or Southeast Asia. Um, this is going to be an easy midterm in one sense, and that that is that we because of all the interruptions and problems that we've had. Uh, with the class have only been able to cover those two areas. So that means we'll be covering three areas for the final and that will make it a, l a little harder because there will be more choices. <coughs> yeah? What kind of questions would there be on the uh, readings that we have online? What kind of questions will there be? They'll be about the content of the readings. And um, there will not be a whole lot of questions about the readings, just because um, we have a limited number of points and a limited time um, in the classroom. This is only a 50-minute exam period, after all. And we're going to take up um, at least 20 minutes with the listening exam. So that will leave a half hour um, worth of worth of time to um, spend on the written exam. We will, by the by the way, have a chance to go back and listen to um, listening examples again toward the end of the hour for people who need to hear them a second or possibly even a third time. Yeah. Um, just to clarify. We don't have to know the names of the performers and composers then for the music examples. You didn't mention that. I said in class that I will ask you the names of a couple of composers and or performers of music that we have heard in the class. That includes ones that we've heard on listening examples and or videos and or our live performance. Um, in the class, and that's pretty much a wide open question. Um, so, if you remember uh, two or three of them, that's all you need to know. Well, I do insist that everybody in the class know a couple of Asian names in the class on Asian music. Sorry, you'd have to know American names and of course on American music too. And I bet a lot of you know a lot of American names. How concerned should we be about the spelling of instruments, the transliteration spelling? As long as I can understand which instrument you're talking about, but um, um, you know, the more accurate the better. And we had two very different spellings for Kayagum. Um, either of those is acceptable. And close enough to either of them is okay. Um, I gave you two different spellings for, <coughs> excuse me, the, the chin and a bunch of other Chinese instruments. Um, and so there again, either um, of two different versions is acceptable. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were raising your hand. Actually, I do. 
Um, yeah. So we do need to know all the information on every handout, on every CD handout, so the three handouts? You can't possibly know every bit of information on every handout. On the, question, uh, on the other hand, you have no guarantee of knowing what I'm going to ask the questions about, and so it's to your advantage to know as much as possible. Um, and I think that's true for every exam in every class. Hmm? No? Probably. <clears throat> so... And that's, that's another, another question that I'm sure somebody asked Mr. Confucius the very first day that he um, taught in one of his classes. So I'm glad people, people are still thinking and asking those questions. No, really, those are good questions, and unfortunately not every good question has a good answer or an easy answer. Here's the instrument that you heard on the CD number three. The Ken is a bamboo mouth organ from Southeast Asia. You see this one is about four feet long, and it's quite a long thing. It has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times two is 14 bamboo tubes, and they have different numbers of tubes. These are made in three different sizes. This is the largest and the lowest sounding one, and then there are others that are that play an octave above and a, two octaves above this one. So you can have a group with a lot of different sounds. Now, I told you that there are holes in the pi pipes. You can see them on the lighter colored spots here, this little black speck on each of them is a hole that you can put your finger over. If you put your finger over the hole while you're blowing, the pipe makes a sound. There are holes on these two right down here that you put your thumbs over, and you put your fingers over the ones up here. Oops, I wasn't reaching high enough there. And so you can make several different sounds at the same time. And I told you that one of these is permanently sealed up with wax. And it's this one right here, this big black blob, is a piece of beeswax. And when you play this, you play, you blow into this mouth hole or you um, your inhale back through the mouth hole. Either way, it will make a sound with the pipe that is stopped up. So I keep my fingers away from all the other holes. And it just keeps making that sound. So that's your drone. Excuse me. So if you play, and that pipe always makes that drone sound, I can put my thumb over one of the thumb holes. And get those two sounds. Here's the other thumb hole. 
with the drone. I can put my thumbs over both of these holes. And get three sounds. Or I can play with my finger on these holes up here. And get a melody that goes up or down. And what players do is put uh, two or three of these notes together. And if you're a good player, you can get a lot of different notes and melodies out of this instrument. So that's how that works, and I had to bring it in so you could at least see it and not just have to imagine it, because it's hard to imagine how something like that would work. Um, I'm sorry I couldn't bring in a whole gamelan orchestra to show you, because we heard them pl playing their metal instruments um, um, in the background for the shadow puppet play, but we never actually got to see the instruments. The instruments are illustrated in your reading on Javanese gamelan, the reading for CD number three, and so you can at least see what those metal instruments look like. And they're very important in um, Southeast Asia. So I'm almost certain to ask you something about the gamelan and, um, uh, and its instruments. So, I strongly recommend that reading, and um, I can show you a little bit of Gamelan performance on um, one of our DVDs that's available as a streaming video, and let's see where it is here. Plug this in back over there. And a couple of you guys might want to move so you can see this, especially you. Move the TV back to so that more people can see it. Chapter. Oh, and what do you know? It's another Ramayana. Um, and what's this going to be? Oh, more you dances? This is one of the metal instruments, a set of 
set of instruments. These are from mainland Southeast Asia. This is from Vietnam, a gong ensemble, just to give you an idea of the variety of metal metal instruments that you find in um, Southeast Asia. This is also Vietnam. It's going to be pretty hard to see from there. Sorry, I can't push it back any farther. Also gone ensembles all the way over in the Philippine Islands. This is Indonesia, this is Bali. And this is a gamelan. This is a set of tune gongs that people play fast melodies on. You see, there are three people here playing on this set of guns. Melodies on these instruments too. In the reading, this is called Gender. It's like a metal xylophone. There's a big one.
beautiful music, and I wish that we could have more time to listen to it and talk about it. But <clears throat> too many interruptions, too many sick episodes, too many technical difficulties this quarter that have held things up and cut us short from time that we should have had. So I'm sorry about that. Oh, so what other questions in the last five or ten minutes that we have here? Yeah. So um, for the written exam, is that going to be all combination of multiple choice? Multiple choice, matching, fill in the blanks, true or false, uh, mixed format. Some people do better on some of those formats, other people do better on other ones, and so I mix them up to try to give as equal a chance as possible. The one thing you will not have is essays. It's too big a class for that. What's the difference between Javanese and Chinese? Um, well, that's a good question, um, and I can't—I re- can't really put a question about that on the midterm because the rest of the class, well, they can hear what I say from the podcast, I guess. But um, um, the differences start with the way that you make the instruments, the metal instruments for. A Balinese gamelan are always made in sets of two. And the Javanese ones can have uh, just one instrument on a part. The Balinese ones have to have two because the Balinese instruments are made out of tune with each other. So that when you play them together, you get an interference effect in the sound waves. If you um, have two instruments that sound alike, you get something that sounds like one instrument. But if you have two instruments that are a little bit out of tune with each other, their waves fit together in an out-of-place relationship, and you get a humming or vibrating effect, a vibrating effect, like here's one instrument, uh, here's a, two instruments out of tune. Uh, you get that kind of pulsating or vibrating effect from two instruments that are slightly out of tune. Um, and um, the Balinese say, divide them into two groups of instruments. One is called the hummers and one is called the suckers. And I forget which are the hummers and which are the suckers, but they're the high and low instruments. And together they produce that uh, wavering or pulsating kind of sound. And that is a key element in, in Balinese musical aesthetics that isn't there in Javanese musical aesthetics. The other really big difference between Javanese and Balinese gamelan music is that Balinese music is, tends to be a lot faster than, or at least the modern, the most modern, modern forms of it, the 20th century and later forms of Balinese music include a lot of fast playing 
but not just fast playing. The Balinese music speeds up and slows down. So like you heard in the, that, that little bit of Balinese gamelan playing. And taking off and, um, um, and, and slowing down again. Balinese called this kebyar, which is a kind of bursting into flames musically. And that's a 20th century musical development that uh, spread in Bali that um, uh, didn't have a, a, a similar kind of spread in Java. But there are many other differences between them, and we don't have time to go into that. Sorry. We do have a specialist in Indonesian gamelan teaching courses here in Indonesian music, and I hope some of you will be able to take her courses um, and get a much better exposure to Indonesian music if you're interested. Okay, thanks for coming. Good luck on the exam. See you tomorrow. Um.